Thank you for listening to the Love Your Bod Pod. Before we dive in, just my usual disclaimer that this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and does not substitute individual, professional, medical, or mental health advice. Welcome back to the Love Your Bod Pod. I'm your host, Kara Corinne and I am a certified holistic health coach, and I help men and women make peace with food and learn to trust and respect and maybe even like or love their body. This podcast is going out the day after Christmas, so whether you celebrate Christmas or not, whatever holiday you celebrate, uh, happy holidays. I'm sending you lots of love. I know sometimes the holidays can be really challenging and stressful and sad, and so if you're in that place, know that I'm with you. The holidays have always been a little difficult for me because my family, my parents are divorced and so we're never all together. Um, and I also want to thank you so, so much for listening to the Love Your Bod Pod. This is the last episode of 2018. The next one will go live in 2019. And I just want to thank you for being here and for allowing me the opportunity to share my voice and my life with you. I'm really grateful for you. It's not something I take for granted. So happy holidays, happy new years. And without further ado, let's dive in. Today, we are talking about goal setting, new year's resolutions, and bringing our daydreams into reality. So grab a pen, take some notes if you'd like. Um, I'm gonna give you my four step process. So I encourage you to take some notes if you can and uh, use this for yourself, like apply it to your process if you feel inspired and you like it. So the first time I had ever formally been introduced to the idea of goal setting, I was a floor educator at Lululemon here in Beverly Hills. So during my freshman and sophomore year of college, I worked there part-time and all of the potential negativity surrounding some aspects of that company aside, so I'm talking about like their see-through pant fiasco from a couple years ago, um, I can genuinely say that I gained so much from my experience working there and have nothing but nice things to say like in retrospect. Like it was a really phenomenal experience and they really care a lot about their employees and their training process is really in depth. And I have yet to work at a company where I have felt that taken care of. So I am a big fan of Lululemon. Obviously, I haven't worked there in like, I don't know, 10 years, but it was great. So that job taught me the importance of respecting people's time, having a sense of urgency, the power of teamwork, how to fuse creativity into all aspects of business, to not be afraid to do things differently, to not take for granted the knowledge gained from reading books. So they had a whole library of recommended reading in the break room that you could you could borrow. And I borrowed a new book about like every month or two while I was there. And of course, they teach you about the power of goal setting. While I do not exactly use the SMART goal setting model that they had taught me, and in case you guys don't know, SMART is an acronym for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Realistic, and Timely. Um, It was a really great foundation in learning how to go about setting out to accomplish things for yourself without the support and accountability of a teacher in school or a boss at work. So I, I like lightly use that, but I don't, I'm not as, I don't sit there and like write goals based on those like five attributes, but they did teach us to set goals for three, six, and 12 months in various areas of our life, like health, career, and personal. So I'm not going to dive too deep into the SMART goal setting method today. You can absolutely Google that if you're curious. There's a ton of information online and it is useful and helpful. 
But today I want to talk to you about goal setting in a little bit of a softer way, a way that is a little more heart-centered and feeling-based and, and more like intuition. And it's less like creating a list and checking it twice. So I think the SMART goal is like a very masculine approach to, to goal setting and it's awesome and it's, it's useful. And I've slowly adopted this more feminine, intuitive, feeling-based way of, of setting goals. So this framework is a slightly different perspective and I invite you to just try it out. And once you've created goals from this place, you can fuse it with the SMART framework if you feel like it will help you be more effective in creating what you want for 2019. And that framework is to create goals from a place of authentic inspiration and developing the ability to decipher if and when you are creating a goal from a place of shameful obligation. So I'm going to explain to you authentic inspiration and then shameful obligation. Now, an authentically inspired goal is generated from a loving and genuine place of wanting to create and shift an area of our lives. It's sourced from self-care and self-love. It's driven by a desire to challenge ourselves, grow as a person, expand past our edges, and seep out of our comfort zones. It leaves us feeling excited, invigorated, and rich, rich with a sense of possibility. It's something we want to do. Now, on the opposite end of the spectrum, a goal created from a place of shameful obligation is surrounded by a cloud of, I'm not good enough. It is generated from a place of seeking validation, people-pleasing, and self-control. It's driven by the desire to fix what we see as wrong or broken about ourselves and our lives and often has an air of needing to prove our worth. It leaves us feeling tired, uninspired, and infused with a sense of guilt when we're not working towards it. It's something we feel we need to do. So an authentically inspired goal is something we feel we are worthy and deserving of. A shamefully obligated goal is something we feel we have to accomplish first to become worthy and deserving. So I made these definitions up on myself, myself, like these are my definitions, my framework. I use this framework when I, when I'm working with my clients and we're talking about their relationship with food and exercise. And like a lot of my clients have pretty unhealthy relationships with exercise. And so we talk about, are you wanting to exercise from a place of authentically like authentic inspiration to take care of yourself and honor your body or is this place your desire to exercise coming from shameful obligation like you ate something or you ate too much or you're earning your food or you hate your body and I really teach them to start to change their relationship with exercise based on authentic inspiration and not shameful obligation because we have so much body shame in our in our society so these are my definitions I made them up take it or leave it um but I'm excited to share them with you nonetheless because they've really made a difference for me in my life when I've created goals from this perspective, from authentic inspiration. Now, I want to give you an example from my own life. Um, and I'm getting really vulnerable with you. I thought long and hard if I wanted to share this. Um, and typically when I'm feeling vulnerable and afraid, that's always a good indication of I should share it. And the reason I'm sharing it is because I think it beautifully illustrates the two different points of creation in goal setting and like New Year's resolution setting. So I have considered many times to go back to school and get a master's degree in like human nutrition or some related nutrition field. 
uh, to help me with my current career and business as a coach. And of course, my parents have told me many times that they think it's a good idea and that I should probably do that. And I've consulted with my friends who have master's degrees and my friends who are registered dietitians since that, that kind of seemed like a good path to consider as well. Like if I was going to get a master's, I should also maybe, you know, try to get a dietetics internship. I asked them about their experience getting their master's degree, their experience having these degrees, and if they saw value in it overall, and if they thought it was something that they thought would be a good idea for me as well. And like, I really looked into this. Like I visited student advisors and counselors to learn about the requirements for the various programs I was considering and to see what classes I would need uh, to meet the requirements before applying. I called various schools. I spent time on the phone asking questions. I, and I even spent time looking into getting a loan because I couldn't afford it on my own. Um, so I would have to, to get student loans. So I very seriously considered doing this and invested a lot of time looking into it. But the further I got into the process, the less excited I was. I realized that my desire to get a master's degree was coming from shameful obligation. So while I truly believe in my capacity to earn a master's, like I'm aware that I'm intelligent enough and I have a, a work ethic, the part of me that wanted it was the part of me that felt like I'm not good enough and I need to prove my worth. The part of me that wanted my master's, that wanted a master's degree was the part of me that, that wanted people to think I'm smart and to take me seriously. Like surely people will think I'm qualified if I have the letters MS after my name was kind of like the thought process. Or the part of me that doubts myself and thought like surely I'd be confident all the time if I had a master's degree. And I knew that if I continued down the road, I would not enjoy it because I was not authentically inspired to be doing it. Now, I'm not saying that other people can't be authentically inspired to get master's degrees. Plenty of people are. I just knew in my gut that I wasn't one of them. And the only part of me that wanted that degree was the part of me that wants to be like, ooh, look at me. Look at how credible I am. Look how smart I am. Look how accomplished I am. Validate me. Validate me. Validate me. Like it was very ego-driven and not heart-centered. And while I am not a genius and I certainly do not know everything, I do know that the part of me that fueled the fire of my eating disorder was the same part of me that was fueling my desire to get a master's degree. And that is not the place I want to operate from when taking action and creating my life. So through a lot of life coaching and soul searching and lots of tears, I got back in alignment with myself and tuned into my heart and what it was that I truly wanted for my life. And what I discovered was that I wanted to write a book, something I had always dreamed of doing. And I decided to write about my journey to health and healing my relationship with food. And that book is now Body Wisdom, which is the book I published this year. And it was a heavily researched book. I read multiple books to write that book. I read a ton of online journals and did so much research. So in a lot of ways, it was kind of like writing my thesis or like a dissertation. I also enrolled in a holistic nutrition and coaching program that truly excited me. And I worked on building my health coaching business. Now, these were things that I wanted to do for me because the journey excited me. And I genuinely loved myself enough to chase my own dreams, not the dreams of my parents or for external validation, right? Like I didn't want to people please. Now, this is the part of me that ignited my recovery from my decade-long battle with an eating disorder. And that part of me is the place from which I always want to source from. So I hope that example illustrates the difference between the two creation points. So how do you go about discovering goals that authentically inspire you for 2019? I'm going to share with you my process. So step one, 
The first thing to do is to make a list of the 20 things you have accomplished in the last year. And you can include the last two or three years in this list if you need to, but I I would encourage you and invite you to stretch yourself and try to find 20 things from the last year that you are truly proud of. And the goal here is to not only build some self-efficacy by seeing how far you've come, but to also get a sense of what you have completed. Now, this can be small things, you know, medium or large things. So ranging from conversations with people in your field or potential field. So like informational interviews or to build relationships and network. So like how I reached out to people with master's degrees to talk to them about their experience. Just like I reached out to my network um, to find people who had previously owned restaurants prior to me opening up my restaurant so that I could like pick their brain and gain some insights and get some advice. Um, it can be developing a skill like cooking or guitar or exercising like you're, you know, div- uh, continuing to grow your yoga practice. It can be work or school related. It can be repairing a relationship with a friend or leaving an abusive relationship with a partner. It can be saying no to parties or yes to nights in. It can be putting yourself out there on dates or talking to the cute guy or girl. It can be books that you've read. Literally just things that you are proud of that you did in the last year. It's a great way to represent yourself to everything you have accomplished. So I highly encourage you to do that, to make a list of the things that you've done this past year. I'm willing to bet you've, you've created a lot of things and it's important for us to reflect and see how far we've come in the past year to see what we've been able to see through till, to the end. And you can think about some goals that maybe you're in the process of completing or kind of fell to the wayside. So that's step one. Step two is to take a minute or two for each thing on your list and then check in with yourself on each thing that you accomplished to see what was your, what was driving your action. Was it shameful obligation or authentic inspiration? And there's a couple of questions that you can ask yourself about these different things on your list. So what was I hoping to feel by accomplishing this? And am I feeling that way? Was this a goal that I daydreamed about or was it something someone said you should do? While in the process of accomplishing it, did I feel like I had to force myself to take action or was it easy for me to be in action to work towards this goal? So really reflect on that and be really honest with yourself here. It's really important for you to start to build awareness around what was driving your actions based on uh, the things that you did accomplish. Now, step three is to generate some new goals for 2019 from a place of authentic inspiration and really dig in here and tune in. Is this ego-driven or heart-based? Think about career, education, health, perhaps from the four-body perspective that I shared about, uh, I think, last week or a couple weeks ago, which is mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. It can be about your relationship with food, personal things like travel, relationships, or even creative-based goals. Then decide if any of them have a timeline or a deadline, or if they're just general goals. So for the ones that are more timely, create a little bit of a rough timeline. And I'm pretty loose with mine. Like I give myself like a two week window. Like I'll say I want this done within the first two weeks of January or the last two weeks of March. Because you know, life happens and things pretty much always take longer than expected. That's something I've definitely learned being a business owner. Um, Now I gave myself until March to finish Body Wisdom, like earlier this year. But it ended up taking me until June. And I always knew I wanted to start a podcast, but I also knew that I was not going to start the podcast until I finished Body Wisdom because each project was so near and dear to my heart and I wanted to be 
I wanted to be able to give each one like the attention that it deserved. So the podcast got pushed back as well. So I'm really flexible with myself. I do not pile on extra stress if I do not accomplish things within the original timeline. I always just check in with myself. And if I'm finding it hard to take action on a goal, then it is generally an indication to me that it wasn't actually coming from authentic inspiration. That's always a really good barometer for me. Like if I'm struggling to like get myself to go take action, I know that it's a shamefully obligated goal, not an authentically inspired one. Because when I'm authentically inspired to do something from that heart-centered place, from self-care, self-love, it's easy for me to be in action. So that's definitely like a little litmus test that you can use for yourself. And of course... Since this podcast is about diet culture, intuitive eating, eating disorder recovery, and body positivity, you bet your booty I'm going to briefly talk about the elephant in the room, and that is setting New Year's resolutions to lose weight, to diet, and get back on the wagon. And if you haven't already guessed it, it's pretty dang hard, if not impossible, to have a goal to diet, restrict, control yourself around food, and to lose weight that isn't sourced from shameful obligation. And I'm not saying that in a vacuum. I am saying that with the awareness of the fact that we live amongst diet culture and a world that oppresses and stigmatizes people based on size and appearance. We live in a world ridded with body shame. And so creating the goal to use more willpower and to restrict more and to just lose weight, if you're using health to sort of justify your weight loss goals, I really encourage you to be really honest with yourself and ask yourself, do I really want health or do I really just want weight loss? Because if the goal is appearance-based at all, if we're basing our success on the shrinking of our body size, it's coming from shameful obligation. And I know that you might not want to hear that and that might make me like unpopular, which is fine, but I really want you to tune in here and check in and be honest with yourself. And remember, weight has very little to do with health. Wanting to lose weight is about appearance. Because if you want to get healthier, then just focus on getting healthier. You don't have to put weight loss between you and your health. And I'm going to have a podcast all about the difference between pursuing health and pursuing weight loss. That will come. And here's the thing. If you had a pretty good relationship with food until you started dieting and restricting and then it's just continued to snowball into an even bigger problem as more time has gone by, then continuing to try to control or restrict your food to fix it, right? Like I'm just going to try harder or restrict more or apply new rules is literally trying to solve the problem with the same thing that created the problem. And that's just a little ridiculous, You cannot solve a problem using the same tactics that created it. You need to try something different. So if you want a different outcome with food and health and your body this year, then perhaps it's time to set a new goal in this area. So is this just another year where you make yet another goal to diet, to get quote healthier and lose weight only to fall off the wagon again, to try harder and to apply more willpower? Or is this the year that you make a new type of goal infused with new energy sourced from love and generated from authentic inspiration? So here are some questions to ask yourself while making goals for the new year to determine the roots and the source. So this is still part of step three where you generate goals from authentic inspiration. And these are some questions you can ask yourself to see where this goal is coming from. So ask yourself, is this goal rooted in self-care or self-control? 
Am I trying to take care of myself or trying to control myself? Is this goal generated from self-love or self-loathing? Is it sourced from a sense of inherent worthiness or my sense of unworthiness? So am I trying to prove my worth by accomplishing this goal? If that's the case, it's shameful obligation. Do I feel deserving of this goal already? I am worthy and deserving of this. Or do I feel like I am not enough if I do not accomplish it? Meaning I'll only be deserving of what I want if I accomplish this goal. Who is this goal for? Did someone suggest that you do it? Your parents, friends, media? Or is this actually something you really want for yourself? Am I excited about the journey or fixated on the end result? Now, again, I was excited about the process of writing my book and building my business and getting my my coaching certifications. I was only fixated on the end result. I just wanted the master's degree. I had no desire to go through the whole process. That is a good way to determine if it's authentic inspiration or shameful obligation. Shameful obligation, you just care about the end result. Authentic inspiration, it's about the process and the journey. So am I wanting to grow or wanting to be fixed? Is this goal about creating a transformation in my life or am I seeking external validation? Am I wanting to expand past my comfort zone or am I trying to stay or get more comfortable? So ask yourself these questions and see what comes up. And perhaps this is the year that you decide to never waste another minute dieting and fixating on weight loss and decide to do something completely different. Maybe you decide to work towards peeling off the layers of diet culture and you start to stand up for all women and our body freedom by standing up for yourself. Perhaps this is the year you work on body acceptance and body love instead of continuing to live with the body shame and the body hate. Maybe this is the year that you start to become unapologetic about who you are and what you look like. Maybe this is the year you start to give less fucks. Maybe this is the year you decide to let how you feel determine your health instead of how you look. Maybe this is the year you start to pay attention to all four of your bodies, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. Maybe this is the year that you finally speak up and get help. Maybe this is the year you work on giving up limiting beliefs and disempowering narratives. Just some things to think about. And now step four of the whole process, which is my one of my faves, it's so fun, is to vision board that shit. Manifest it, bring it to life, envision yourself embodying the energy to attract what you want, knowing that when you come from authentic inspiration, you can't help but take loving action towards accomplishing it. So with vision boarding, I just use old magazines, poster board, and tape, nothing fancy. And I have pretty much always made vision boards. And in fact, last year, I had a, I think I told you this already on this podcast. I had a New Year's, New Year's Eve party with my girlfriends and we came over and vision board. And it was, it was pretty cute. We like just drank champagne and wine and, you know, talked about the new year. It's pretty exciting. Now, I thought it might be fun to publicly announce some of my authentically inspired goals for next year. And then, and then the end of next year, we can revisit this episode and see what came to fruition. Now, I truly believe in the power of speaking what it is we want into the world. After all, your words create your world. And this was something they taught us at Lululemon. Like we had to publicly share our goals. So we created a goal board and we had to put it in the, the break room so that people could hold us accountable and check in with us. So I really believe in the power of declaring 
to the world, speaking it to someone, making it publicly known what it is you are authentically inspired to create this year. So I'm going to share with you a little bit of my goals. Okay, let's start personal first. So I want to continue to start my day with meditation, journaling, and intention setting five days a week. So I'm pretty lax on the weekends. I want to take guitar, singing, and or Spanish lessons. I'm not sure which one will be first, but I trust that I'll know when the time comes. I want to find the perfect dining room table so that I can host my friends over for dinner parties twice a month. I want to go back to Peru with my girlfriends. And I want to read one to two books a month, which is my average right now, and I want to keep that up. Okay, health goals. I want to start practicing yoga on a, on a regular basis again. So I've really fallen out of a regular practice this past year. And I want to take my boyfriend Brent to his first ever yoga class. I want to be happy and fulfilled and know that I'm making a difference in the lives of others through my platform. So this is all about mental and emotional and spiritual health there, being happy and fulfilled and contributing and being of service to others. I want to continue to call my parents at least once a week and make more time for my family. So I want to see my niece once a month and really be a part of her life. So something that I really learned in Peru was how I want to be more a part of my family's life. I've really, you know, my my parents had a really agrimonious divorce and the last part of my childhood was really tumultuous and rough. And so I just kind of bolted. I, I just like, I just was like, bye, I'm going to survive on my own because I can't deal with this. I want to be more a part of my family's lives. And then I want to continue to expand and grow my connection to source and divine and my intuition. And I want to expand my spiritual practice. So those are my health goals. Now my career and business goals, I want to reach 200,000 downloads for the podcast. And it's not as much about the number as it is about the message reaching more people. Like I really want more women to hear this message. I really believe in it. I want to work with four times as many men and women as I did this year. So I want to grow my group coaching and my one-on-one -on -one coaching practice and really serve more people. I want to grow six figures in my business. I want to host my first ever in-person retreat all about body wisdom, body positivity, and healing your relationship with food. I want to, I want to host an in-person retreat in California. And then I want to collaborate with other powerful women in this anti-diet and body positive space on fun and impactful projects. So again, I really believe in declaring our goals out loud and sharing them uh, with others really brings them to life. You are showing up and letting the big you know that you mean business. So again, I encourage you to, to declare and share your goals. In fact, share them with me on Instagram. I would love to know what it is that you are manifesting and goal setting for yourself this year. I would also love to know your thoughts. Do you like the framework of authentic inspiration? Um, I use this with my clients, again, talking about their relationships with food and exercise. I really think that it's a powerful tool to use in this area of our lives. So yes, I would love to know. So just quickly to repeat the steps. Uh, step one is to make a list of 20 things you've accomplished from last year in any area of your life. And if you need to, you can you know expand to two or three years. But I encourage you to try to find 20 things from the last year. Step two is to take a couple of minutes for each on your list and check in with yourself and to see what you accomplished and what was driving the action, shameful obligation or authentic inspiration, and really reflect on it. Step three is to generate some new goals from 2019 from a place of authentic inspiration and go ahead and ask yourself those list of questions that I listed off to check in and see where is this goal being sourced and generated from. And then step four is to vision board it and share it with someone. Share it with someone you trust um, or with me on IG. That would be amazing. Okay, you guys, happy holidays, happy 
new year. Next podcast will be out in 2019. Holy crap, time is flying by really fast. I hope you guys like this framework. It came from my heart and I love you all. Thank you for tuning in. Okay, bye.